Transform your investment strategy with the MD Platinum Global Private Equity 2023 Trust. This unique offering exclusive to physician families uses non-traditional strategies that allow you to diversify your portfolio and potentially help grow your wealth over the long term. With access to institutional level private equity opportunities, this solution could be what you need to help you meet your financial goals. Learn more about this limited time opportunity at mb.ca slash private equity. Welcome to episode 34 of the MD Market Watch podcast. I'm your host, Alex Chung, content manager with MD Financial Management. With an up and down 2023 in the rearview mirror and clients receiving their quarterly statements right about now, it's a great time to check in with our portfolio managers. I'm once again joined by Craig Maddock, Vice President, Senior Portfolio Manager and Head of the Multi-Asset Management Team, and Wesley Blight, a Portfolio Manager on Craig's team, to discuss how a strong fourth quarter contributed to an overall solid 2023 that until as late as the third quarter was not looking so great. We reflect on the fourth quarter, discuss key drivers of investment performance, our positioning, and what lies ahead. Please enjoy. Welcome back, Craig, Wes, and thanks again for joining the podcast. Let's start off by looking back. 2023 had its fair share of uncertainty and volatility. In October, we were talking about performance pulling back and interest rates staying higher for longer. A lot has changed since then, and looking back at markets, they finished the year strongly, and overall, markets had a pretty good 2023. What are we to make of all of that? You're right. 2023 was an outstanding year with a particularly strong finish. Stocks were up, yields were down, credit spreads tightened. Almost everything rallied. Investors were rewarded really nicely for investing in stocks, bonds, or in our case, a combination of stocks and bonds like in our multi-asset portfolios. 2023 was a great year for investors. However, it wasn't always comfortable, but it did give us some good returns. What do you think, Wes? That's certainly true, Craig. For the year, we saw broad market gains. The S&P TSX Composite Index, Canadian equities, were up 11.8%. The S&P 500 U.S. equities were up 22.9%. And the MSCI World Index, so global stocks, were up 20.5%. And while equities performed really well, bonds did too, with the FTSE Canada Bond Index up 6.7%. That measures the universe of Canadian bonds. And as we've talked about, the journey wasn't smooth. We saw a few headwinds throughout the year for investors with the U.S. Federal Reserve and the Bank of Canada having raised rates dramatically in 2022. They continued on that path in 2023. And borrowing costs reached the highest levels they've been in more than two decades. Rates were so high that borrowing was incredibly expensive for both businesses and consumers. That's a real tightening of financial conditions. There were other issues too. There was a regional bank crisis in March. There was a continued increase in geopolitical tension, but the markets were able to overcome these headwinds and moved significantly higher. Thanks for the recap, gentlemen. Broad markets saw some impressive returns. What were the key drivers of this performance? I think you can boil it down to three factors. One, inflation. Two, growth. Three, monetary policy. So inflation continued its downward trend. The most recent inflation readings were 3.4% in Canada and the U.S., still much higher than would be ideal, but clearly trending down from its peak. On growth, the economy has been moderating, but continued to grow. The much-anticipated recession that we expected to happen in 2023, quite frankly, failed to materialize. However, the biggest driver seemed to be this pivot in monetary policy expectations. It was a rising expectation that central banks would cut rates this year in 2024, and that view became increasingly popular in the fourth quarter 
driving that huge rally that we spoke of. To me, Q4 was particularly notable, and I'm sure Wes feels the same way. Absolutely. It was really interesting what happened with the bond market. So the FTSE Canada index that we talked about, the Canadian Universe Bond Index, that's what it's measuring, was up 8.3% in the fourth quarter alone. That was the best quarter we've seen in 25 years. Now in September, we think back to that period, and even into early October, we experienced a sell-off in the bond market. And that was driven by investors' fears of higher for longer. So there was an expectation that monetary policy rates were going to remain higher and more restrictive for a longer period of time than had been anticipated. The Canadian 10-year bond yield peaked at 4.2% in the middle of October. Starting from there, the rally began. We saw job markets and inflation starting to show evidence of moderating growth. And as a result, expectations of easier monetary policy started to seep into the investor's mind. The Canadian 10-year yield declined and closed the year at 3.1%. That is a massive move. And that strong rally that we saw in November and December caused the Canadian bond markets to finish the year overall up 6.7%. Then you move outside of Canada. U.S. bonds also up sharply. The U.S. aggregate bond index, so that's the core fixed income benchmark for the U.S., was up 6.8% in the fourth quarter alone. That was the best quarter that we've seen since June of 1989, 34 years. U.S. high-yield bonds, the most credit-sensitive segment of the public bond market, did extremely well, up 7% in the fourth quarter and 13.4% for the year. It outperformed all other bond markets in 2023. Now, the main takeaway here, at least from my perspective, is that all the bond indices that we were tracking posted strong returns, outperforming cash, outperforming GICs. You think back to January, and after a tough year that we'd seen in 2022, some investors were skeptical and believed that money market funds and GICs were the places to hide. Cash-like instruments saw massive inflows throughout 2023, and ultimately, investors were rewarded in 2023 for investing in bonds alone. Now, these results reinforce in our view, the value of staying invested in staying with long-term investment plans. It's nice to see the bond market rebound and deliver some impressive returns, almost equity-like returns. It's amazing how a shift in interest rate expectations from higher for longer to cut sooner rather than later had such a dramatic impact on performance. Let's shift gears to equities. What stood out there? Well, like bonds, all the equity indices delivered strong returns in Q4. U.S. S&P 500 index led the gains up 8.9% in the quarter alone. Now, that index beat most developed and emerging market economies. In fact, in 2023, the S&P 500 was up 23.2%. The strong performance was largely delivered by an excitement over AI, especially the AI players that we call the enablers. And that's the sort of first wave of hardware, software companies that will play on that AI excitement. Emerging market index, while still delivering positive results, was the weakest performer. And that's mainly due to weak performance coming out of China. Chinese reopening, which we expected to have you know, pretty strong legs into 2023, really faded quickly early on in 2023. And that's because consumers and investors lost confidence. China's facing a 3D challenge, deflation, debt, demographics. And in addition, the Chinese market is also facing increased geopolitical tension and large outflows from global investors. Canada, all the sectors were up in Q4 with the exception of energy. And that's not surprising as the price of oil was down 15% in the quarter, but top performing sectors included IT, financials, real estate, 
Over one year, the technology sector in Canada was up 69%. Of course, the main driver behind that was a 119% gain in Shopify. On the flip side, energy, utilities, they did post negative gains in 2023. The declining energy prices are also one of the main reasons why the Canadian markets underperformed the U.S. last year. You dig deeper, dividend yield and quality outperformed momentum and small caps this last year, and that's similar to what we experienced in 2022. In the U.S., in Q4, we did finally see market leadership move beyond technology in the magnificent seven. Industrials, real estate, and financials outperformed. Defensive sectors like consumer staples, healthcare, and utilities all underperformed in the fourth quarter. And this fact underscores that Q4 was very much a classic risk-on period. Value outperformed growth in Q4, finally catching up after lagging badly in the first half of the year. And as interest rates moved lower, it gave cyclical, value-tilted sectors a much-needed tailwind. Still, year-over-year, growth did outperform value. Now, we believe that 2024 performance will continue to be driven by growth, inflation, and of course, monetary policy. Pivoting to inflation, you mentioned it earlier. It's been a key consideration for two years. It hasn't been a straight line down, but we're starting to see some encouraging signs of normalization. Where do we expect inflation to go from here? I'm glad you said not in a straight line down. So inflation peaked in June 2022, and it has generally been trending lower. That is clearly a global theme with that decline being consistent across many countries, albeit not in a straight line, as you pointed out. We see it in the US, we see it in Canada, we see it in Europe. Back to June 2022, inflation was 9% in the US and 8.1% in Canada. At the end of 2023, inflation was down to 3.4% in both the US and in Canada. And that easing of inflation gave the US Federal Reserve and the Bank of Canada some breathing room to start thinking about cutting back on their tight monetary policy rates. And we think that inflation is going to continue to go down from where it is right now. That's largely going to be driven by shelter prices easing and wage growth softening from where we are right now. We expect that annual inflation is going to go down towards 2 2.5%, broadly aligned with central bank targets by the end of 2024. Interest rates, as you know, are closely connected to inflation. And in 2023, the U.S. Federal Reserve hiked their interest rates four times. The Bank of Canada did three. And that was on top of seven rate hikes that we'd already come to to realize in 2022. And now the tide has turned. At the Fed's meeting in December, their policymakers signaled a major pivot. And not only did they signal that the tightening cycle is over, but they also started to indicate that there was going to be a rate cutting cycle likely to begin in 2024. The Fed dot plot, so that's really the projection of where rates are heading. It projected three rate cuts. They acknowledge the improvement in inflation. And that, as we talked about, is moving towards the 2% target. Now, when it comes to the market's expectations of rates, the market, in our view, is ahead of central banks. It's not, it's not even in our view. It's just, it's just fact. The market is ahead of central banks right now as they are expecting five rate cuts in Canada, and six rate cuts in the U.S. Our view is that the markets are too optimistic at this point in time. They are too aggressive in pricing in those rate cuts. And the pricing in the charts is for almost a hard landing scenario. When we think about our view, we're expecting there to be three to four rate cuts in 2024. And we think that these cuts are going to be proactive to help normalize rates from today's restrictive levels 
and to reduce the chance of the economy realizing that hard landing. So against that backdrop, and despite the returns that we had in 2023, which were really strong, we still think that bonds can continue to perform well in 2024. Key reasons, investors are still earning high starting yields, and there is also the potential to benefit from price appreciation if those rates do come down from where they are right now. In retrospect, given the uncertainty, the expectations of higher interest rates, I don't think 2023 played out the way some investors expected. Without the benefit of what we know now, that 2023 would end off with pretty solid returns, we saw some investors struggle to stick to their plan. Any comments about that? We did see some clients redeem funds, moving to GICs or even at the sidelines completely in 2023. And I get it. It's rational to be concerned about some of the market headwinds we saw. We were also cautious. But it really wasn't the environment for, you know, that full steam ahead where we could get really aggressive with chasing returns. But 2023 provided a good reminder that it pays to have a disciplined process. With the portfolio solutions we manage, we have some leeway to make tactical trades, to respond to short-term risks or opportunities. But we set limits on that. And we built a very disciplined process. Our decades of experience remind us that it's prudent to pay attention to our strategic asset allocation first and only spend a little bit of active risk on tactical decisions. So ultimately, while we did get cautious at times throughout the year, uh, we stayed invested. We kept focused on the longer term, and that really paid off for our investors. At the end of the day, we beat the performance of GICs, high interest savings accounts, and cash. So it's understandable that clients might have taken some risk off by moving part of their portfolios to the sidelines, but in the end, ultimately, it feels like that would have been a mistake. And usually when investors try to do that, it's unfortunate, but they move way too much. I mentioned us having a disciplined approach. I think that's critical because it's really hard to figure out when's the right time to put money back in the market. Well, quite frankly, the beginning of Q4 would have been that time, but if you'd locked into a GIC, it was a little bit too late. So I think that's one of the big challenges that, uh, that face investors. You think back about 64% of the returns for Canadian stocks came in November. So therefore, if you missed that November, December rally, well, you pretty much missed the whole year's worth of returns. I know it's hard, I think it really pays to ignore the noise and stay invested for the long-term. In order to achieve your long-term investment goals, you really do need to trust the long-term process and your long-term investment portfolio. Sticking to the principles of investing early, contributing regularly, and staying diversified. And really making sure that we remain disciplined when our emotions sometimes want to get the best of us. Are there any other lessons we can take from 2023? Last year served up some really clear lessons to investors. And, and we think our, our clients should take careful note of those reminders that the market provided. There is always something to worry about, and often it doesn't alter the long-term path of markets. That's lesson number one. And I think lesson number two, it's hard to time the markets. Um, sometimes things turn quickly, and it's, it's really easy to miss out on the benefit of those things turning positive. The third one, and I think the most important one from our perspective, is to set up a plan for the long-term and then to stick to it. It feels like we're in a better position now than just a few months ago. After a somewhat surprising 2023, what's in store for 2024? How should investors feel? Given we just discussed how quick things can change and investors can get caught off guard if they follow their feelings, our guidance is to think about the next 10 years. And if you do that, I think you should feel great. We know that markets and the underlying economy are going to have some dramatic ups and downs. The inflation interest rate story isn't completely finished geopolitical concerns remain. 
However, we just completed our review of our long-term capital market assumptions. And the good news is we believe patient investors have the potential to make even better returns in the next 10 years than we figured just one year ago. But of course, in the short term, we keep a very close eye on markets and the economy. The outlook looks a little murky right now, and as a result, we're still slightly defensive. But we can change that at any time. So for me, there's three reasons to stay invested right now. Number one, fixed income outlook looks particularly more appealing than it's been for most of the past several years. For stocks, even after a nice run, valuations are starting to get a little high, but it's a big market. So it's very attractive for our long-term return assumptions as we can diversify portfolios. Now, there's less uncertainty now than there was at the beginning of 2023. And for me, that looks pretty good for a well-managed traditional 60-40 portfolio. So what I'm hearing is think long-term, stay focused on your investment plans and goals, and not to dwell too much on the day-to-day fluctuations of markets and in your investment portfolio because things change, and sometimes they can change very quickly. I'll just add that speaking to your MD advisor can help with that, to confirm that you're still on track to meet your goals and to provide context that can be missed with attention-grabbing headlines and volatile short-term performance. Craig West, I really appreciate the conversation. On behalf of our listeners, thank you for the update and your outlook. As always, if you have any questions about what we spoke about today, questions about your portfolio, please don't be shy. Reach out to an MD advisor. Whether you're a client or not, we're here to help. If you like this podcast, please be sure to subscribe to your favorite podcast provider and check out our other market commentary content available on md.ca. Find blog posts, videos, and much more. Last but not least, thank you for listening to the MD Market Watch podcast, and thank you to all the doctors and healthcare professionals out there for taking care of us. Bye, everybody. Uh-huh.